Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbong. Big, big respect for the short story on the pod today. Novels do end up taking up a lot of the spotlight when talking about books, and of course, we're guilty of that too. But today's guest, Sadiq Fafana, just put out his first short story collection. It's called Stories from the Tenants Downstairs. And it's all about these different characters who all live in the same building in Harlem. A lot of the early reviews so far have praised Fafana's ability to jump wholeheartedly into the different voices of his characters. And he talked to NPR's Daniel Estrin about being obsessed with all the different ways people could talk, even within one neighborhood. Drake and Kendrick Lamar have been lobbing some serious accusations at each other. You've probably heard the diss tracks and wondered, what's just a low blow and what's actually criminal? I'm Brittany Luce, host of It's Been a Minute from NPR. And I'm getting into what's art and what's worthy of criminal investigation and who those accusations hurt the most. On It's Been a Minute from NPR. The day's top headlines, local stories from your community, your next podcast binge listen. You can have it all in one place, your pocket. Download the NPR app today. Days left, 10. Money you got, $0. Money you need, $350. That is the first line of an electrifying debut collection of short stories by writer and public school teacher Sadiq Fofana. It's called Stories from the Tenants Downstairs. All but one story are told by a different resident in a fictional high-rise building in Harlem. Many of the Black residents are struggling to get by, and they have very distinct voices. The first is Mimi. Banneker Terrace on 129th and Fred Doug ain't pretty, but it's home. Until now, it's been the same since you moved here when you was pregnant with Fortune. 25 floors, 300-something apartments. Four elevators that got minds of their own. Laundry full of machines that don't wash clothes right. Bingo room that the old folks hog up. And a trash chute that smell like rotten milk. Author Sadiq Fofana joins us now. Sadiq, congratulations on your debut book. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for the invite. It is such strong writing. The voices of your characters really pull you in. Are these fictional versions of real people that you know? Yeah, I would describe them. I mostly describe them as composites. And the emotions that characters are feeling, many of them are are my emotions. Um... I think of it as an exercise in looking at the external situations of people I know and I've grown up with and saying, how would I feel if this happened to me? Well, let's talk about the first character in the book, Mimi. She's in apartment 4D. She's a single mom. She's trying to make rent. She's trying to make an honest income, but she needs to compromise to get by. Mimi kind of represents the tenant, the resident. You know, sometimes they have a struggle to make it by for the month. They get through it, and then by the first, that struggle starts all over again. She's a waitress at a soul food restaurant, mm-hmm. and on the side, she does she does hair. But one important thing to know about Mimi is that she's very independent, and she's very proud of the fact that she doesn't need much help. She keeps trying to do the right thing, and she ends up roped into the wrong thing. Right. Well, there are seven other stories in your book about the tenants in Banneker Terrace. So we hear from 
Mimi's son's father, Swan, his friend comes home from jail. Mm-hmm. We meet Swan's mother, Miss Dallas, who is working overnights at airport security. And during the day, she's working at a public school. So many different characters. What made you want to write about this community? Well, I was always fascinated with the voices that I grew up around. Always fascinated with vernacular. I grew up in a working class neighborhood in Boston, and I lived in Harlem in in, in my 20s. You know, a lot of the familiar things, the public buses, the corner store, the basketball courts, the cookouts, are a lot of the things that I encountered in Harlem. And it made me think that, you know, this is not only just a Black community that I grew up in, but it's an American story full of different voices. I was inspired to capture how the oral story is told on on paper and how those voices could could differ um, depending on word choice and, and syntax. Um, I was also just fascinated about gentrification and the forces of that. Hmm. You know, you talk about voices and vernacular. I think the most arresting story in this collection is about Naji. Mm. His friends create a dance group that they call Light Feet. And then we read his agonizing attempt to, to write a letter to one of their moms. Can you read the beginning of that story? Mm-hmm. Dear Miss Singleton, you know me already, but in case you forgot, my name is Naji. I'm 12 years old and I'm writing this to tell you and everybody that I'm quitting light feet. Never thought I would say this, but I wish there was never no such thing as light feet and I wish I never joined it. My life is a mess now. My own mother is scared of me. Does anybody want to read this? I doubt it. I'm going to tear this paper up when I'm through. When you read this story, Naji's spelling is just all over the place. So is his punctuation. Clearly not on grade level with his writing, but his voice is so vivid. And then by the end of the story, I mean, his pain, we won't give it away, but how did you conceptualize him and his story? Well, over the years as a public school teacher, I've taught thousands of students, children who were physically challenged, um, kids who were homeless, kids who couldn't read but were musical geniuses, hmm. kids who were comedic geniuses, hmm. kids who didn't know a word of English but then became fluent in two years. And so Najee, again, is a composite of just the, the entrepreneurial hustler kid. And I've had you know several kids either dance on the train you know, had shows outside of school. But more than that, I wanted to write a story about regret Hmm. and how a kid could have regret, how that kid could be so regretful of a thing that he's willing to try something that he's not good at. And that is writing, writing a letter. And just the maybe even the endeavor in itself is a powerful statement of remorse. Wow. You mentioned you're you're interested in gentrification, and these stories are of people who are being pushed out of these rapidly changing neighborhoods. I'm really curious to know who who are you writing these stories for? Are, who is your audience? Uh, is it the people being pushed out, or is it the people doing the pushing? Mm, I would say both and neither. It's the addressing the notion that gentrification is complicated. You could be the quote-unquote victim of gentrification 
And within that cluster of people, there could be various opinions. You know, some people would be like, you know, I don't, I don't like that new people are moving into my neighborhood. Another person might be like, about time they cleaned up that playground. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to make a, a point that people are not a product of a social issue or a social point. When I was growing up in Roxbury in Boston and when I lived in Harlem, I didn't wake up every day saying, oh, my neighborhood is gentrifying. I kind of woke up every day saying, I got to go to work. Yeah. People aren't just the, the product of their like social social issues. Even people who, who come into the neighborhood, they don't come in with their suitcases like, let's gentrify. <laughs> they come yeah. in saying, like, let's find a nice place to live. So this is your first book. What other stories do you have up your sleeve? Well, um, as, a, as a teacher, I, I, I love the idea of stories like Thank You, Ma'am, and Monkey's Paw, and Cask of Amontillado, and stories that are like three to ten pages that you, know, you can read in one sitting with your class. In terms of subject, I have no idea, but in terms of length, shorter stories... But I mean, I feel like everybody always says like, you know, working on a novel and whatnot. Um, But I don't know. I'm just like a a rapper who's like, I don't want to work on an album. I just want to work on a verse. (laughs) (laughs) Writer and public school teacher Sadiq Fofana. His debut collection is Stories from the Tenants Downstairs. Sadiq, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Daniel. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Why is everyone so obsessed with traditional wives or trad wives on social media? This week, we're talking about the viral videos of women making marshmallows and mozzarella from scratch and how behind the sheen of calm kitchens and cute fits, there's some interesting pessimism about our modern world. And that's worth digging into. Next time on It's Been a Minute from NPR. On the Code Switch podcast, conversations about race don't start and stop with the news cycle. We know that race is always relevant And we have new topics, new voices, and new stories for you every single week. Listen to the Code Switch podcast from NPR.